Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello and welcome back to All Things Urticaria, your UCARE podcast. UCARE, Urticaria Centers of Reference and Excellence all around the globe. More than 140 of them so far, and we're still growing as a network. I'm here at the UCARE in Berlin. My name is Marcus, Marcus Maurer. And today I have two friends with me. I've been just talking to them before uh, we started this uh, recording. How much I have been looking forward to uh, speaking with you today. Murat and Rajiv, hello to the two of you. Merhaba. Merhaba. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Look. Um, you two are in Turkey, in Kayseri. I was very impressed when I visited you there for your audit visit many years back. Um, Rajiv, uh, why don't you get us started and talk a little bit about who you are and uh, your uh, you care in Kayseri. Uh, thank you, Marcus, for inviting me to this uh, great conversation. Uh, I am working in Kayseri City Education and Reserve uh, Hospital for 10 years and uh, for three years, I am a member of UCARE, uh, and you came to visit us, and thank you for this again. Uh, I am, we have uh, 10 residents here, and we are doing uh, studies, and we are uh, doing some uh, important uh, uh, things to do, try to do uh, some important things on urticaria, and we love urticaria, and <laughs> we, we like working on urticaria, uh, our favorite uh, disease, we can say, as yeah. uh, Kayseri City Hospital. Yeah, we are in this uh, working at the same hospital, Tragip in Kayseri. Uh, I'm actually a pulmonologist. My main specialty is pulmonology. It might be different. My subspecialty is allergology, and when I, since I became an allergologist, uh, urticaria, chronic urticaria, yeah. became my favorite topic. Actually, uh, we love urticaria. <laughs> Super. And you both have been here in Berlin. We've been working together on many, many projects uh, and activities previously. Um, but let me start uh, by asking about your country. Um, it is one of the strongest UCARE countries on this planet, um, not just in the number of UCARES we have in Turkey, but m even more so in all the activities. You contribute to every project, you start your own projects, you are in the educational activities. Why, why is it that UCARE is so well received in Turkey or why the Turkish uh, contribution to this network is so strong? Actually, I think it's really a need the UK centers are really a need for all of us, all of, uh, all of clinicians. And, you know, we have a crowded population in Turkey. Over 80 million people live in Turkey. It might be the, one of the most crowded uh, countries in Europe, in Europe con uh, continental. So it was a need and the UK uh, answered this need, uh, uh, in my opinion. Uh, our clinicians really see a lot of patients in their daily clinical practice. Sometimes it exceeds tens of thousands of people they need to face, they need to diagnose. And uh, we really need some excellent centers. Uh, they have perfection on specific diseases like urticaria, also yeah. like asthma and other chronic diseases. But unfortunately, uh, as far as I know, there is nothing such a uh, organization uh, in the community like UCARE. Mm -hmm. I don't see anything uh, like this in asthma or allergic rhinitis. 
So I think there's the open position for it and you really directed it. Yeah, that was something very new for me. Where Where is this fascination coming from, Rajib? Uh, I think, uh, as I said uh, in the beginning, uh, we love CSU and uh, we want to uh, find new uh, things on this disease so we can help uh, patients, uh, we know this, and uh, do, do care. Um, and I also visited Berlin and Charité, and uh, I saw that uh, you are really eager uh, in this aim, and we are trying to do this also. Uh, and we know that the information and the uh, patient data is very important on this. And uh, when a patient comes to uh, our outpatient clinic, First, uh, we want to help uh, as everybody. However, we want to see from the other corner. Uh, we want to see the other alternatives. So uh, we are always uh, thinking what can we do uh, yeah. much more. But you too discovered two new urtic areas, <laughs> basically, right? Which is super exciting. Uh, I did not expect at all that food has so much impact on symptomatic dermographism. Um, I don't know who wants to go, but maybe in two sentences, you can tell us uh, a little bit about uh, the, the subforms of symptomatic dermographism you discovered and characterized. Uh, yes, uh, if uh, you have permission, uh, first of all, I want to talk about how this idea uh, comes because very interesting st uh, story. Maybe I told you in my emails, uh, one of my emails, uh, as you know, about two years ago, during very beginning uh, of the pandemic, I had COVID-19 infection and I was struggling with some complications. Uh, after the infection, I developed uh, fatigue, urticaria, shortness of breath, but the shortness of breath, uh, which increased after the meals, uh, the food intake uh, was increasing the uh, shortage of the breath. And uh, dear Murat was uh, my manager. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he, I went him uh, many times in that period. And uh, while I was doing my outpatient clinics, uh, a female patient came to our general dermatology outpatient clinic. She described itching, which uh, increased directly after eating. Uh, as a st standard procedure, we did flick test um, while she was hungry. And the test was turned to positive about one minute. Uh, and we told her to eat. She went to a snack bar and uh, after the meal, uh, the test was also positive. However, the freak test became positive very quickly, in five seconds. So mm -hmm. uh, that was very interesting. And uh, I was struggling the uh, same things. Uh, and uh, there was no literature about that. And uh, very interesting, in a couple of days, another patient came with a complaint of perinflucal uh, itching and swelling after the meals. Uh, of course, uh, of course, I asked her to again: Are you COVID, or you uh, you have have you uh, ever uh, had COVID? And she, uh, the uh, previous patients, and the, uh, that patient said no. Then we decided to do this procedure uh, to do other symptomatic dermographism patients because we have much uh, more patients we yeah. have. Then we decided to do this procedure. Uh, I mean. Uh, the test before and after meal uh, to 17 ST patients initially. Uh, 
Uh, as a result, we describe, as you said, uh, two uh, important and uh, two important uh, clinical uh, SD variants. Uh, one is the uh, food exacerbated and food yeah. food dependent. Uh, in that case series, we identified seven patients with uh, symptomatic dermographism who show faster uh, onset of D-link or lower trigger thresholds after the food intake uh, and food exacerbated uh, in other five patients. Trick test provocation testing resulted in positive response only after intake to food, but not before. Uh, I think uh, this finding is very important uh, for us and our community, Urtikari community. What does it mean to follow the guideline when it says step up, step down? When we're talking about step up, it's everything. It helps us. It's really good guidance for the clinicians. Maybe it says the same clinical approach to all patients, so it's not the kind of precision medicine which is kind of popular these days, but it's a guideline. It should cover every kind of patient, so it's not possible to treat patients one by one in a guideline. So we need the high quality data to put in the guideline. But when we are talking about stepping down, we have great experience in asthma, treatment of asthma. So stepping down is a big part of asthma treatment, but unfortunately the current guideline is a bit lacking uh, in terms of stepping down treatment. Uh, it says limited guidance about when and how to uh, discontinue or step down uh, different kinds of urticaria treatments. So I think uh, in the near future, we will not have any big quality data uh, which will guide or change the guidelines. So as far as we get this data, but unfortunately we will not have this, we will need experience guidance. Yeah. And uh, we need really clinical experience uh, to talk about it. I don't know what you think about it. Will it affect the guideline soon? I, I love it more. Uh, I, I really do. I think, um, you know, this is the first guideline version that talks at all about stepping down. It's not very specific. <laughs> you're right. And your, your work really added to this. Um, I think it also makes the point that step down is something that should also be only be considered in patients who have achieved complete response, which I think is very important. There's no use in stepping down when we're still struggling to achieve complete control. But I think what I like best about it is that um, very specific um, guidance provided on how to step down. Yes, you can. Yes, you can stop treatment, complete control of treatment, cold turkey, right? Oh, sorry about the pun. This is, uh, you know, just all at once. Um, and uh, that is what some of us do. Yes, but the learnings uh, from clinical practice, maybe also a bit from asthma, that we should do it slowly you know, to see how patients deal with tapering, um, omalizumab, for example, but also the antihistamine, it really goes for all the different treatments we use, um, is, is good advice, you know, especially to non-experts, so that once we have finally achieved control, we mm -hmm. don't give up this control so fast. You know? We do it slowly so that we can react if patients lose control when we step down. Because after all, the only reason we step down is that we hope that the disease is gone now, that the spontaneous remission has occurred. Where do you see the biggest need? Or in other words, where should we invest? No, if someone came to us and said, 
look, I want to help you to bring better solutions to urticaria. Here are 10 million euros. What are you going to do with it? You have to spend it on urticaria, um, but you can do otherwise with it anything you want. Murat, you get five millions, and Rajiv, you get five millions. Where do your five millions go? Uh, I was, I would start uh, a laboratory and uh, doing uh, much, much, uh, much more uh, exper experiments uh, on the mass cells. I, I love that, of course, Rajiv. No, uh, coming from science and going <laughs> to solutions—that's what we do. That's what makes us get up in the morning. Thank you, Murat. You have five million left. Where do they go? Oh. I would spend it on collecting big data, I believe, because we really need, need big data, much more experience with big data. This is the main topic of our uh, conversation these days, machine learning, cluster yeah. analysis, because this disease is really heterogeneous disease. It has different phenotypes, endotypes. We need to start with different phenotypes and then cluster them and then bring this experience with clusters to endotypes. So I believe I would bring all this information throughout the world into one big uh, database and work on it. Look, you two complement each other really well. You know, one coming from the basic science, one coming from the big data. I love it, guys. Uh, and of course, we have instruments in place uh, like Cure, the chronic urticaria registry for everyone to participate. More than 4,000 patients already included with follow-up data. Crews coming to hopefully uh, double, triple, quadruple the number of patients that uh, uh, we can look at in terms of the data. And of course, helping patients with that app to uh, gain control and maintain control. There are plenty of ways to get to that data. Five million would be nice, but uh, let's work on it while we are waiting for the five million, 10 million to come in. Rajiv and Mura, thank you so much for joining me today. I wish you all the best in all the many activities and projects you're working on. Thank you very much, Marcus. It was really nice to see you again. Yes, it was very good. Thank you. And that concludes our episode with Murad and Rajib from uh, Kaiseri UCARE in Turkey, motors of our network. And that leaves me with you. If you have questions for this podcast, if you have topics that you want us to discuss during one of our next episodes, do let us know. We do take them up and uh, bring them to one of our next episodes of All Things Urticaria. That's it from here, the UK in Berlin. Stay well, stay safe. Goodbye. Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website, www.medthority.com. Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.